Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. This is Eartha. For the last few sessions, we've been exploring, does mindfulness really work? Research supports that mindfulness does work when the tools and skills are used. In real life, in everyday situations, does it work? I mean, you know, we read these studies and journals. Hundreds and hundreds of people have different situations from anxiety, stress, depression, and all the positive results are documented. So why are we asking this question? Shouldn't we just kind of go along with the results of the research and say, sure, it works. However, research also indicates that when mindfulness is learned, oftentimes the practice is not sustained. And so if mindfulness really worked, why aren't we pulling from a skill that was taught, that has been proven to work, why aren't we using that skill? And so during this session, I'm going to ask a lot of questions and I'm asking them to get us thinking, not just to be uh, asking an opposite question. I'm not trying to be oppositional. I just really want to find out when we are in the midst of whatever circumstance, stress, depression, anger, fear, why aren't we pulling from what we learned? May I ask you to reflect on a scenario, something that most people are aware of, and majority of people have a skill in performing this exercise at one time or another in their life. And what I'm talking about is riding a bicycle. And I could use other things, but I'm just going to stick with riding a bicycle. You can probably think of other activities which you can find a similar connection. So when we talk about the skill of using a bicycle. When is the earliest that a child has the ability to ride a bicycle? Is it when they have a sense of balance and they don't need training wheels? Or is it when they have an interest in riding a bicycle. 
I think there's a lot of physical, developmental, emotional maturity that kind of goes along with a child learning how to ride a bicycle. Some children learn earlier than other children. And certainly, if there's siblings involved, other children don't begin to ride a bicycle till later in their childhood, for whatever reason. So do we force a child to, you know, you're nine years old and you need to ride this bicycle because you're nine years old? Or do we encourage the child in other ways that could help that child build on balance and confidence and muscle strength? And does it have to be a bicycle? Zoom forward 20 years, 30 years, 40 years or more. And maybe the bicycle that you learned how to ride several decades ago is in the garage or in the attic, or maybe it's not even in your house anymore. Do you still know how to ride the bicycle? If you had to, you know, imagine you went to a a park or an, a, an amusement um, park, and you know how they have those bicycles that you can rent, and maybe you're going there and with your children, or if you're an auntie or an uncle or a grandparent. And, you know, the children are saying, let's go ride a bicycle. Can you ride that bicycle, even though you haven't rode the bicycle in several years? Maybe. It depends, right? And a whole lot of different circumstances, but maybe I would maybe guess and say most people could probably ride the bicycle balance and maybe you may not be able to ride the bicycle for a long distance but yeah you you may be willing to try well why were you able to ride the bicycle if you hadn't been on the bicycle in so many years and so I asked the same question if you've learned mindfulness skills and you've learned the skills a long time ago, a year ago, a month ago, a week ago, why aren't we able to pull from those skills when we have used them after we've learned them, you know, a few weeks ago, months ago, or years ago? How come it's not our natural default? Is it because of lack of practice, lack of confidence, lack of development? When a child is riding a bicycle, they fall a couple of times. Do we tell the child, go put that bicycle away, that's it, no more bicycle riding. We're just going to watch TV or watch a YouTube video 
or Instagram, and we're going to just look at people riding bicycles. That's it. I think that would not be realistic. And I don't, in my opinion, don't think that would be the the move to help build confidence or, you know, can, can we do the opposite or the alternative strategy of maybe watching the child, see what's going on. How come the child fell down? Maybe the child needs training wheels. It's okay to have a a coach, a trainer, someone right there who can model the behavior. And so when we come to mindfulness, do we think that we're like, we feel all alone? We're out there riding the winds of stress, depression, anxiety, fear, and we're surfing on these waves And there's like no control and we feel alone. There's no coach. Or there is a coach, but we're so wrapped up and we forget about our breath. We forget about our balance. We we forget about the awareness. And using our five senses to bring us back into a calmness where we can make decisions, be creative, and handle situations from a mindfulness perspective with gratitude, with kindness, without harmful judgment. If we don't succeed at something, are we using the growth mindset words? Are those words coming out of our mouth? Or are other words coming out of our mouth that are negative? You see, I think the change, the practice of mindfulness, I think it really has to start in the brain. We have the skills. We know how to breathe. But in the mind, if it's not made into a habit, then it just kind of goes in that that file cabinet that's in the back of the brain. And we'll use it when we're reminded of it, of course, you know. And that's when you hear when a situation occurs and someone says, Calm down. Calm down, Eartha. And, you, and you're not even aware that you are coming across not calm. And then there's embarrassment and shame. And so maybe that prevents us from using our mindfulness skills. We've gotten our situ- ourselves in a, situ- a situation where we're too embarrassed to use our mindfulness skills. I mean... What would it look like if we changed? Maybe those around us are accustomed to us acting and performing in a certain way. It's okay to change. 
it's okay to try something different. Taking a breath in and blowing out and pausing. Just pausing before we speak, before we act. Pausing and being aware of our environment and maybe in the heat of an argument or a stressful situation. Recognize that at that time I cannot see the beauty in this situation. But I choose to pause and be aware that I need to take my breath in. I need to blow out. And I'm talking to myself in this situation. Because I choose to be different. I choose not to be reactive. And I'm going to choose what I say and how I say it right now. And so as we are using the bicycle analogy, we may be able to pull it off because, you know, once you learn how to ride a bicycle, you always know how to ride a bicycle. At least that's what they, whoever they are, that's what they say. It's mostly true. But then there's other limitations. Maybe not everybody is able to sit in the position that we see when we pull up searches about mindfulness. The legs are crossed. The feet are folded up. The tips of the fingers are touching. And maybe that turns you off. Sitting out in the field. Well, they may be practicing a mindfulness skill along with a yoga activity. And so being educated and knowing that mindfulness is the ability to be aware of our five senses, of our senses now. And not necessarily including sitting in a particular position. Mindfulness is about being aware of the now without harmful judgment. It is not a religion. It is a practice of bringing ourselves to a calmness. And I think the negative stereotypes that may hamper people from using mindfulness practice may be one reason that may cause some hesitation in using mindfulness. Be free to change. Be free to use skills that help lower blood pressures, 
that helps lower heart rate, that helps strengthen creativity. And even when we're cooking or doing art or crafts, we can bring mindfulness right there. And so you can personalize your practice in using mindfulness anywhere you go. So maybe look at mindfulness with a new perspective and give it a second chance. Are you willing? Are you willing to set a target start date? That is right now. And maybe you've learned this mindfulness stuff. Wonderful. Are you willing to increase your practice a little bit more each day now? Take the mindfulness challenge and see what a difference it can make in your life today. And even in your people around you, your family, your friends. I think calmness is contagious. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to talking to you again next time. Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness, awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com.